This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 293 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by TotalSaddleFit.com and Easy Signs Online. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Wellington, Florida. And this is Philip Parks, still from Fergus, Ontario. And you're listening <laughs> to the Dressage Radio Show with our other Florida buddy, Glenn. Did you hear the glee in Reese's yes. voice when she said it? Was, it was <laughs> She's glee. really irritating me right now. Oh, <laughs> Philip is so cranky right now. And actually, I, so I, cool. you know what? I feel for everybody up north. I, I did it last year. I couldn't do it this year. Uh, and, and I definitely feel blessed to be here. Uh, so I am really thinking of everybody up north. And I hope everyone's staying safe because I know it's very, very cold. So stay safe for all of us for sure. Well, I got well, one you had of a good the, trip. Yeah, and one of the advantages is I yeah. got to see Reese yesterday. I, we, we got to go out and to we lunch. Didn't even, we didn't take a picture, Glenn. I know. I thought <laughs> about that after. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> we actually got to lunch <laughs> in, in Ocala, well, actually in Gainesville, and no picture. That was so stupid uh, of us. I know. I had two marketing people, and we forgot a picture. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was so stupid. Good but. Job. But yeah, we had a lovely lunch on our drive down, and uh, it was a you know it's it's always eventful when you're moving as many horses and people as we moved. But we are here in Wellington, so everybody is safe and sound, and the uh, the farm where, where we're staying is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I am so excited to be here. There's so much already going on. Um, yesterday, Philip and I did some interviews. I went over to the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic over at Global and interviewed all the kids that were doing that clinic. And uh, we're going to have a special show for, for that. We we were practicing interviewing uh, the kids and just, just being here is just... Were you practicing so interviewing fun. or were the kids practicing being interviewed? Yeah, I think that's the right way to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, probably what was going on. Because so I was going to say, Reese, you've done a few interviews. I, I, now I've done a few, for sure. We were, Yeah, the kids were practicing, uh, but definitely, uh, yes, it was it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, you here. Know, and you, you know, beautiful. I heard that jumpers had 1,600 horses registered for their first day. Wow. I, wow. In Wellington. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I did not, I've not been over to the, uh, to the jumper grounds, but, uh, Saturday night, you know, they always have the Grand Prix. So we're going to make a, make a fun trip over there. So that's the plan. So well, it's, the first uh, it's dressage uh, show, the first CDI started yeah. this week and on Wednesday. It did. It started. The jog was yesterday, and today was some uh, showing, and uh, tomorrow is the Grand Prix under the lights. So lots of fun stuff. I mean, it's you know when awesome. you're here, you just feel feel it, the excitement. So I feel very blessed to be here, and and all my team is here, and the horses, and they're doing well. So. Yeah, so well, I'll be down. I'll be down February. You know exactly. We'll <laughs> and Philip's coming, and I always love when Philip comes because he kicks my butt. But it sounds like Glenn, Jennifer, and Philip's wife Meredith, you guys are going to finally meet. Yay! <laughs> it's going to be a big party. It yeah. is going to be a huge party. It's going to be very, very fun to get get you guys all together. And I have to see if maybe Travis can come down too, uh, to to bring the whole group together. But it's going to be very fun to have everybody down here, and and, and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be awesome. So I got a question. And, yes. Because I saw a little, little piece of news about the uh, auditions for American Equestrians Have Talent. It's a yes. dancing thing, like the you know. What, what, what does they call that show? 
uh, America's Got Talent. So it's it's auditions for the American Equestrians Got Talent. This new competition is debuting in Wellington this winter, and it kicked off. It was actually last night uh, at the Grill Fashion Cuisine. The first round of auditions run from 7.30 to 10, and they want members of the equine community involved in any discipline from dressage and hunter-jumpers, polo to western, are welcome to sign up for an audition, show off their non-horsey talent. A pair of celebrity judges will be on hand to critique the performances, and the audience applause will determine who moves forward to the March 15th season finale. So I heard our good friend Aiden Uller actually won last night. and I what was, her, what's her, what was her thing? What was her talent? She sings, and I had no idea that Aiden – I know Aiden, and she's a very, very talented young lady in many levels, and I just love her and her mama. Um, and she – I had no idea she was a singer, but she is a singer. So she sung. Well, what, 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 are you, what were you doing? Juggling? Anyway, yeah, what was yours? Yeah. I was sleeping. That Fire was my breathing. talent of Sleeping. the evening. <laughs> was, you might win for that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in my bed uh, at about uh, 9.30. And uh, yeah, that's what you get for uh, moving what we moved and doing what we did. But uh, um, I have to be honest, I will be part of the very loud cheering crowd. But you guys know me. I have no talent. <laughs> Zero. Like I can't dance. I can't I don't know. I sing. think everybody's got something. They just can't think of it. Or they haven't tried it yet. Exactly. Yeah, Maybe that's you gotta get that's out there it. And try something. <laughs> that's it. Well, I can dance, but there has to be lots of alcohol involved, and I don't think that. <laughs> it's in my own was head. It something, but... something like that. Something like that dancing show that we saw in Kentucky when I was there. Exactly. <laughs> there it was a show <laughs> for sure. So uh, no, but I'm not gonna. But uh, Glenn and or Philip, you know, when you're down visiting, maybe we can we can do this and see your hidden talents. Okay. Maybe we can put an act together, the three of us. Yeah. We can, we can. <laughs> Something about Billion, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. We can have top hats and canes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch with Jennifer and Meredith. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll oh, Reese. I know. No fun. I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but, what do we uh, got on the show? Well, I mean, that's about it for news, but what do we got on the show? Well, we have, we have one more thing, and I want everybody to mark their uh, calendars oh, for the nice. FEI, yeah, the FEI USDF Trainers Conference and uh, FEI Educational Day. It's going to be with uh, FEI Judge Stephen Clark, and it will be Monday and Tuesday, January 19th through 20th at High Meadow Farm in Loxahatchee. And the Education Day, and I think that's for certified instructors, will be on from 8 to 12. And uh, we will have Kathy Robertson or somebody from USDF on next week's show to talk to us a little bit about what to expect and, and what's happening. So that is one of the fun that things. Be good. Yeah, that's yeah. a great educational opportunity. And I've seen Stephen before. Highly recommend one of his clinics. He does a little bit of coaching and lots of judges' perspective stuff. And he's awesome. Really nice guy. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking for. I've never seen him in person. Uh, he's judged me, but never. Um, I've never seen him teach or, or or do a symposium. So I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah. And then right. today on the show, as promised, we've been talking about this that we would have a discussion on the dressage tests. So Philip and I felt like we needed to dedicate really the whole show to this because this is really an important. Um, well, it's a huge part of what we do, um, and a showing basis. So. Uh, uh, Bill Woods, who is from Four Winds Farm in Ocala, Florida, is going to come on for the rest of the show to talk to us about all of the dressage tests uh, that just came out in 2014. So 15, sorry, 2015. 
So after this commercial break, we will start off with Bill Woods and talking about the lower levels. One of the most common and dangerous saddle fit concerns is the restriction of the shoulder's freedom to move. Some saddles slide over the shoulder blade while riding. Some permanently rest on the top of the shoulders and some pinch behind the shoulders, which inhibits full movement and leads to soreness and poor conformation. Short of buying an entirely new saddle, what can you do to give your horse the comfort to freely move his shoulders and perform at his highest potential? The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. An added bonus to the shoulder relief girth's unique design is the elbow comfort feature. The recessed ends designed for saddle fit now relieve pressure for elbow comfort as well. Similar girths can be purchased for over $275. But thanks to the enormous popularity of the shoulder relief girth, we are able to offer them for only $124.95. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, Send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. This evening, we have Bill Woods on, Large R Judge from Ocala, Florida, and owner of Four Winds Farm. And as promised, we've been telling everybody we were going to take a segment and go through all of the new USDF tests that are new for this year. And Bill is the perfect judge for this. Bill, how are you this evening? I'm great, thanks. Great. Well, we're going to start with training level and we're going to jump right in and, uh, you know, we're going to go through each level and talk about the new requirements and what what the judges are looking for and what was changed. So uh, if you're ready, let's jump right into training level. Okay, that sounds fine. Um, My first thought is the, the tests are always designed for a couple of different constituencies. One is the people working their way up through the levels, trying to figure it out. Second group are people who know where they're going, bringing their horses from the bottom all the way up through and hopefully all the way to the Grand Prix. So the tests are meant to deliver the horses there in some sort of logical training fashion. And aside from how uh, people learn how to train their horses through some of the things that the test suggests, um, it, it's also um, obviously a competition to weed out who the good ones are and who the better ones are. Um, and therefore, they have to be um, easily judgeable uh, to separate out the, the good ones from the others. So it, having said that, um, there are a few general things that got changed uh, across the board in all the tests. Um, if you look at the collective marks down at the bottom, um, really, the judges aren't looking for anything different, but the wording has been changed to make it more clear to the riders what those things are that judges have wanted all along. For instance, 
the phrase willing cooperation has been added under the submission category. And you can argue we always wanted uh, cooperative willing horses, but this is to, to make it extra clear that submission isn't that thing that in the old days we referred to negatively as truckling subservience, that it's supposed to be something of a much uh, higher quality between horse and rider. Um, likewise, um, uh, acceptance of the bit has now includes acceptance of the bit and the aids. And of course, that was always true too, but it's to guide riders a little bit away from the idea of just messing around with the front end and hoping that somehow that's what judges want. Uh, straightness uh, has been added as um, a quality in writing under the submission category. Judges have always included straightness or lack thereof in their submission scores, but now it makes it more obvious to the rider that that's included there. And in the collectives, uh, as most people probably know, in recent years, there have been three rider scores given, and uh, as of this year now, there will only be two. The harmony score um, has been removed because the harmony score and the submission score were almost always the same or half a point different. They were sort of redundant. There wasn't anything really to be gained by making the judge parse out that tiny difference or just write the same number twice. So uh, now there are two rider scores, one for seat and position and one for the effectiveness and use of the aids. Um, so that's, that's the, the general tenor of what's going on. And now we can look maybe at uh, the specifics of training level. That would be great. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, um, you know, I was thinking back, and I, I've been involved with this business for more than 40 years, and the tests change at least every four years, or sometimes when they change every two years. So I've been through like a dozen of these cycles, and each time a new one comes up, people are all riled up. They're, oh, my God, I can't, I, I'll never ride that test. That'll, that'll ruin my horse, and you know, go on and on. Really, in the long run, it all kind of evens out. And if you don't like a particular movement or a particular test, it doesn't hurt your horse to practice it enough to be able to do it in the show ring. And you just don't do it all day, every day through your training. Your horses are supposed to do whatever you want. Um, the new training level is very much similar to the old training level. Uh, the medium walks are somewhat longer. That will please the judges because in the past, we had to give a score for a transition and a little corner of medium walk, and that was it. And now, um, as it is in some of the intro tests, the medium walk carries on for somewhat longer, in one case all the way across a short diagonal, the way it is in the old second level. Uh, in some cases, it's um, from the middle of the short side around the corner and down to the middle of the long side. So it gives the judge more time to evaluate what's actually happening in the walk. The um, canter in training one is somewhat simplified. It's a little shorter. You, you uh, pick up the canter at the beginning of a circle, and you canter around that circle and down the long side, and you don't have the business of coming across through the middle of the ring the way you did in the old training one. And also in training one, uh, there's no stretching circle. Um, it was a movement that obviously you'd like everybody to be able to do, but lots of green horses in the ring for the first time weren't going to do it very well. They weren't confident enough in their connection and being able to reach to the bit. So it's in all the other training tests and in the first level tests, but uh, the riders get a buy there for having to uh, show it in training one. 
Thank goodness. Yeah, so, I mean, just, yeah, so it just seems like they they've uh, really simplified the training one test and then progressively made it because it seemed like um, the the old training one, and the old training two were almost identical, right? There was no difference in in difficulty, well, and now it seems like now they they've differenti- differentiated that. Right. What it comes down to is there are very few things that are being asked for in training level. You make large circles, you make straight lines, you make simple transitions. That's why it's so exciting when you judge uh, a training level freestyle. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the new training two is only different in the walk and otherwise remains the same as it was. And the new training three is exactly identical to the old one. It was thought that the loop was pleasant and it's, it, uh, works okay, and um, it's the first time you come across the diagonal in the canter and come canter to trot at X. And so that's that's pretty much the size of the training level. I, I don't think anyone who has been halfway successful in training level is going to be thrown for any kind of a problem by the new training level. No, I'm glad they left the third test the same because to ride, that was always you know, my favorite, you know, I like the yeah. loops and then they, and you don't have to do a, you know, a big boring trot circle. It's, it's a nice test to right. ride. And for, I'm glad they left. Yeah, from, you know, from the judges the standpoint, from the judges standpoint, training three has always been the shortest one. And, and you just kind of say, well, you know, let them go in and get their money's worth. And at the same time, training two sort of went on forever up and down the ring and back yes. and forth. And by then you already knew forth. how the horse was going. So, yeah. <laughs> and I always wrote if I had a young horse, I'd put him in training too because I knew they'd be in there for a while. <laughs> that yeah, was right, always exactly. my strategy. Like get them in there, right. and if they need need some miles, but uh, yeah, that training one, I couldn't be happier that they took that stretch circle out because uh, we've all been on a baby that wasn't going to stretch in their first horse show. So it was nice right. to have the option to not ride that particular movement at a first show if that was what you were doing. Well, you may remember a time, although, you know, I'm, I'm probably 50 years older than you are, but you may <laughs> remember a time back when that in um, training one, you had to enter in the sitting trot. And there was a big argument back in the day, this was early 80s, as to, uh, well, if we don't make them sit, then they'll never learn to sit. It was the, the German influence. And the other one was, yeah, but they're all on green thoroughbreds. And when they sit, the horses invert. So can't they post for a while? And it was this kind of tension back and forth among people creating the test as to whom they were for and, and what ideas they were trying to push and when. And now, as you know, you don't have to even sit to the trot in first level. So the pendulum which, has swung that direction. Which was nice that they didn't change that back. They left that the same, that you can sit the they trot did. all the way through, for, uh, through first level. Second level, you got to sit the trot, but um, it well, does give you some time. Yep. Yeah. Sooner or later, if you're going to do dressage, you ha- obviously you have to be. <laughs> you have to sit the trot. Exactly. No, that that is good. That is excellent. So, Bill, is there anything else that we um, need to talk about in training level? Well, that's that's um, that's my summation of it. I think. I, I think, think that's that sounds great. Yeah, that yeah, was that pretty good. Yeah, we can we can move great. on to the first level. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, um, there there are some more differences here, and and. You know, I, I, as I read the test, I thought some tests in the past have been literally tests, like challenges. And some of the differences in the newer tests uh, from, from this cycle are, aren't just testing, but they're sort of enabling. They're designed to help the horse figure out new things. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it, it gives a, a good progression as far as, 
you know, like you said at the beginning, somebody looking to train their horse through the levels, I think that, you know, it follows that training scale and, and the tests mm-hmm. are not are not meant to be difficult, but uh, meant, like you said, to help the horses and help for sure the riders figure out how to develop a, a horse properly. Right. Well, here's an example, for instance, and it, it shows up in first level and second level. Um, some of uh, your listeners may have seen the the fourth level one that's been in existence for a good long time where you come out of the corner and you make medium trot on the diagonal and then over X you have to show six or seven steps of collected trot and then go on in medium trot again with the rest of the diagonal. And that's a wonderful exercise. And it makes sure that horses don't just make a, a ballistic lengthening or a ballistic medium, and, you know, flying across they hit something on the opposite corner, but they have to stay on the aids and supple and in balance the whole way so that they can make the transitions over the center of the ring. And it always seemed to me very peculiar that we taught them to run across the ring for three and a half levels. Not that everybody meant to, but obviously lots of people did. And then all of a sudden in fourth level it was, Hey, by the way, you know, you're supposed to have your horse holding himself up and in balance and coming through. And so now in the new first level and second level, the mediums are somewhat shorter than they used to be. Instead of the whole long diagonal, uh, often you'll come around the corner and either go from the H corner across to P, in other words, one letter less long, or you'll come around the corner and go down the track to the second letter and across to the far corner. So many of the medium trots uh, are shorter in distance and it may slightly decrease the volume of them, but hopefully it will make it easier for the riders to increase the quality of them. And I think that's, that's a pretty important difference. Um, other than that, in uh, first level one, there's an exercise that we use for many years, and everybody kind of liked it. You either called it the teardrop or the ice cream cone, where you made this 10-meter half circle as from, let's say, B out to X and went back to close the figure on a diagonal line to the corner. And that had been in training two for a while. It had been training, I'm sorry, first level two for a while, first level one for a while. And then it disappeared over the last cycle or two and it's back. And I, I think generally riders like that, horses like that, it's done symmetrically near the beginning of the test to one side and then the other. Um, Shorter canter lengthenings have also been introduced in first level one. Uh, you uh, make the canter at the short end. You canter around the corner and down the long side to the second letter, let's say S, for instance, and you lengthen the canter for uh, two letters worth, which would be 24 meters, and you get down to V, and you start a 15-meter circle, and the instruction is that you regather and reestablish the working canter in the first half of the 15-meter circle. And I think that's more horse-friendly and a better educational tool than when they used to say, oh, I'll go around the short end, and somehow before you get done the short end, the horse is back in balance, because horses love to run around the short end anyway. And we saw many, many times where somebody would have a decent lengthening or a decent medium, we're talking canter, and then no transition around the end of the ring at all. And, and so I think this is a, a good way to help the horses and riders find that. 
Yeah, I saw this and I thought it was an awesome idea. You know, and it ends more like you would train it, right? At home, you wouldn't you yeah. know, go around the shore. Exactly. I wouldn't do it around the short side, but using a circle. And I think this can really help horses, especially, you know, first level one, when they're first developing their, their lengthening, that, uh, that I think we're going to see a lot, lot better test with this developed. I, I hope. I think that's the case. And and Bill, and then, this is how this is how it was before the cycle. This was this is how it used to be. Is is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's what I well, thought. They um, took it out. Yeah, they. I, sometimes when they change, at times in the past, you know that there was someone on the committee lobbying for a particular movement or lack of it, and you know, trading off. You give me that, and I'll I'll let you put this other thing you like in. And it, it seemed to me that through this set of tests. There's more coherence. There's less, obviously, you know, people pulling different ways and making compromises that nobody's happy with. And wasn't there a change? I'm sorry. There was a change to a couple of the first level movements. Am I correct on that? Well, the leg yielding um, in test two is different from the leg yielding in the last cycle in that uh, now you have an extra 12 meters to go forward in the same amount of space you're moving yeah, sideways. Yeah, it's a little bit Instead longer of, and nicer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and that lets Good. you ride the horse forward in the leg yielding and not <coughs> hand ride it to prevent it from going forward in order to get over sideways enough. So I think that, yeah. that enhances the engaging connection, connection facet of, of the movement, which obviously is important. Um, now, Bill, I saw. Sorry, I just want to draw attention to a, a different change. You know, in in um, I think it's test one that the that the ten meter circle is written into uh, a teardrop shape, and I think I think I've seen this in previous cycles, but before you know, in it was an S, right, a half ten meter, half ten meter. Now it's to ride back towards the track. You know what I'm talking about? That's that's pretty new. Um, well, that's. That's actually pretty old, and then it went yeah. away, and now it's yeah, back. Yeah, then it went away. And now it's back. Yeah, it used that, to be that way. Back. Mm-hmm. A lot of the yeah. stuff and that I've read in the lower levels have they brought it back, which is nice to see. Yes, and then, you know, and interestingly, I, none of us pay very much attention to the rider tests because uh, hardly anybody competes with them. But right. they've they've put some interesting selections of movements in there just to give. Uh, give people more things to think about. And I, I would urge people, even if they have no intention of showing the for, uh, training first and second level rider test to read through them and play with the stuff and, and use them in the schooling. I think that's a good idea. For sure. For the, for the minds of the horses, the, you know, the more different ways you can explain the same thing, it's, it's better, I think. Right. So, um, first level three, um, the trot work has changed quite a bit. The canter work is the same as it has been for quite a while. And, um, you know, I always say to students, circle length and loop, circle length and loop. And then they get that in their head and they're not starting the second direction and trying to remember which thing you do first. It's always the 15-meter circle and the canter lengthening and you come back and then you make the counter canter loop in through X on the next side. And that's the same. Um, and the change to the trot is the same as before, although it's done on the opposite hand. The trot work is quite a bit different. The, um, the lengthenings are a shorter distance again, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, recently, the uh, leg yielding exercise was from the corner into X and then a figure eight and then from X back out to the 
far corner on the same side. And now they've taken the figure eight out of it altogether. So you leg yield in, you get to X, and you basically counter change and leg yield out. And I remember the very first time leg yielding was introduced, I, I want to say it was the 1990 test, perhaps not. It, 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 but uh, it was back sometime in the, in the latter part of the 80s. And it was that very same pattern. And hardly anybody could do it. And uh, if somebody did the leg yield in, well, then they couldn't get back out or vice versa. And there was a faction uh, among the anti-leg yielding people who said, well, see, it's, it's, it doesn't work. It's too difficult. So take it out of the test altogether. But instead, they simplified it and they started doing um, leg yield in and a circle and then go off and do something else. And then from the other side, leg yield in and do a circle, things like that. And now the level of sophistication, even of the lower level riders, has come to the point where I don't think it's going to be a big difficulty for people to be able to do this. Um, after they do the counter change in leg yield, they do a stretching circle at the CN, uh, riding the horse long and low. And then they regather. And in the past, they, they would go to the walk and then the canter. Now they go down the long side make a 10-meter circle at R, continue down to B, turn straight across to the other side, and for the first time in a long while, they make a halt during the middle of the test. They halt at X facing um, perpendicular to the judge. And there was a time in the past where almost all the first-level tests had a halt in them, whether it was at C or at A or someplace. And recently, you didn't ever make a halt other than at the beginning and the end unless you were doing it right before a rain back in the second level. So I, I think it's it's a logical progression to invite horses to stand immobile uh, at some other time, and, and obviously a first-level thing that uh, fits in. And there's a, a specific instruction now on all the tests that the halt has to be three seconds. Yeah, and I definitely saw good, that. That's a good yeah, reminder. Really that is a really good reminder. Yeah. It gives a good idea, and, you know, to riders that, you know, that's how long the halt should be, right? Because, you know, you definitely right. see lots of riders coming. And, and, you know, because they want to get the test started, you know, in the beginning, they just halt, salute, boom. And it's not even yeah. two seconds, but I think it's great. I, I try and tell my students that as well as, you know, take your time. It's, you know, it's, it's enough time to give, give yourself a breath, you know, and then right. start your test. Don't be so anxious to get going. And, and then because yeah. that just and makes the horses probably, anxious. We can probably think of some unmentioned international riders uh, competing at the highest levels whose horses wouldn't hold at all and somehow, well, they sort of hold it and so that was overlooked. But this is meant to be very clear. The horse that's confident and cooperating willingly is able to stand still. And so that is now a requirement. I think that sums up pretty much that's, most that's of what, yeah, That's what I've that, got from my notes fantastic. for first level. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, just a, just a reminder to for everyone when you're training, look at the coefficients. They've changed a little bit mm-hmm. in every level. So just remember that. You know, it used to be in first three that the, the circles, the figure eight that they took out. So now this halt is the double score, for example. So definitely keep, a, keep an eye on that because that's also changed in all of the tests. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. 
This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England Style Farm Signs, their most popular line of signs. New England Style Farm Signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Well, Bill, we're ready for second level. This is fantastic. Okay, second level it is. Um... Again, some of the mediums are shorter uh, than the long diagonals, uh, better able to keep your horse balanced and thoughtful and light. Um, in the let's let's talk about the canter. I think because the canter is the, the most yeah, interesting part. Yeah, big, part. big yes, changes in the canter work here. Yeah, yeah. In the in the trot, um, basically you have to be able to do shoulder in, and you make a little squiggly here and there, and you have to be able to make haunches in. But there's nothing shocking about the about the trot work perhaps the only interesting note for people who both struggled through second level three and also got yelled at by their instructors for not knowing the difference between travers and romver is the <laughs> romver got taken completely out of second yeah, level, the third yeah. level yeah and i yeah. think there are probably a number of people who will be grateful yes um, that's true <laughs> yeah and um and the turns on the haunches, which um, are in test two and three, are now done uh, across the ring uh, between M and H out in the open, where it's easy to see and you're not crammed in a corner or doing it partway down the long side like it are in the old test. Yeah, they, so they took that, them off the wall. Thankfully. Yeah. So that <laughs> They're makes so it, weird. I think yeah, it makes it a little easier to judge. Um, but about the, the canter work... Um, to me, the, the new progression through second level makes good sense. I always thought that the very first time you had to make a simple change in the old second level one, after you made a fairly long canter across the diagonal on a straight line with your horse getting progressively heavier and stronger and on the forehand, was a difficult place to do it unless your horse was you know, like a third level horse. Third level horses can do it. A lot of beginning second-level horses have trouble doing it. And, and with the old tests, it always seemed to me it was almost easier to make the 10-meter canter circle in the corner and make a simple change to counter canter right out of the 10-meter circle because the circle helped balance the horse up and give them a chance. Right. right. And so apparently other people have thought similar things. And now second-level one has a three-loop serpentine width of the arena, and each time crossing the center line, a simple change. Um, that was in a, quite an old uh, second-level test four. And in a sense, it makes good sense to have it in the first test because you're making the 
simple change from true lead to true lead um, as you're changing direction. It, it's uh, sort of a logical, obvious thing for a horse to do, and it's an outgrowth of the change through the trot in that sense. Um, and then, also interestingly, there's a place in the test where you make a, a brief counter canter coming on the long side, uh, headed towards M, and you make a transition to walk at M, and instead of popping the lead and hopping right back into the new lead, they make you show a, a good medium walk all the way through the corner and around to C, and then the canter departs. So technically, it's not a simple change because it's not three to five steps, but it's one of those honesty-inducing movements that keep people from making uh, auto changes where the horse just does it by himself and, and you hope the judge thinks it was your idea. Yeah, I think that's another example of how, you know, how we train the horses rather than how we you know, show them off, show that they can do the tricks and really make sure it's on the rider and that the horse wasn't yeah. just trained by yeah, somebody exactly. else that, you know, and they get just do their own thing. And then, you know, so I, I love it. I love that, you know, um, these changes. I think the tests are in second level a little more progressive with the canter and how it happens and, uh, and more in how, how you would train, how you would train it, you know, for myself to do that, that canter, uh, serpentine with simple changes. I always do it first before, you know, you, you do the counter canter mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and this is how and then, it occurs in the test. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movement that had been in second one for quite a while, the three loop serpentine with the, the arena with no change of lead has been moved to the hardest test in the level to catch yeah. you and, and make sure you actually can do it. You can do both. Uh, as you right. Yeah, you can do both. Yeah. Yeah. I found that interesting. This uh, this serpentine with the simple changes used to be in the old second three. They yeah. took it completely out, and now they moved mm -hmm. it to second one. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how people, if you're really able to get those simple changes uh, at the first yeah, test well, as, of the level. As, as you probably have witnessed, um, there, there are many more simple changes um, tried than ones that succeed. And that, that would be true both in the second level that we see at recognized shows and in the intermediate division of horse trials where they have to do them. And if you, you know, if somebody can make a, a semi-balanced, semi-organized down transition and a, and a recognizable walk and a decent up transition, they're going to get a seven or an eight because most of the time, people are flailing around and jogging through it, and the horses are hanging and hollowing. And right. I think this this is going to be something that, um, and I, I'm speaking, of, you know, across the board at the, all the people we see in tests. Obviously, there are lots of good riders and good professionals and skilled amateurs who can do it the way they're supposed to. But I would say, at a typical show in let, let's say one of those flyover states that we go out to once in a while to judge, you'll see an awful <laughs> lot more attempts at simple changes than ones that you give high scores to. Yeah. No, it's very true. It's, it's worth, uh, if you're going to show the level, you, you really need to work on those and get those, get those organized because they really, yeah. uh, they, they're not double scores in the beginning, but um, they definitely show what's going on. So I think that that's good. And I agree with you that it's nice that they changed them. That the, It was very hard in second one to do a proper simple change unless you really had a, a true almost third-level horse like you mentioned. So uh, mm -hmm. this will be yeah, interesting to see. It almost had to be a little, a little bit more collected than second level to actually to do mm -hmm. that on a straight line. So mm -hmm. that's good. 
And and Bill, just talk briefly the the half turn on the haunches. They are mm-hmm. in their double scores, so um, these are also worth sp- spending some time on, right? You're going to see these for a while after second level. Am I correct? Yeah. Well, at second level and third level, of course, there are turns on the haunches, and they mature into being done in collection, and and they're called half pirouettes in the walk, and then at the fourth level, and then they lead therefore directly into things you have to be able to do in the canter. And it, it's clear that the riders who are able to ride those movements step by step and each aid is supplied to the horse appropriately to his needs step by step, but they don't just sort of cram the aids on and let the horse turn around and, and hope it stops at the right time. So <laughs> the people who are riding every footstep and helping the horse think of coming through and being in balance are the ones who are going to do well. Excellent. Well, super. Well, gentlemen, are we ready to move on to third level? I think we can move on. Yeah, sounds good. Excellent. Okay. All right, Bill, what's going on in third level now? Well, um, it's easy about third one because it really is just about the same. There's one tiny difference, and that's in the half pass in third level one, just as they did in the first time you did a leg yield in first level one, they've made the distance you go are allowed to go forward longer for the same amount of side width. So it's a more shallow angle. It makes you less inclined to um, take your inside rein across the neck and, you know, sit on the wrong seat bone and ride the horse backwards to move it over so that you will propel him forward engaged uh, in the half pass. And other than that, third one is the same. Um, I'm looking at yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, it already progressed nicely from second level to third level, and, mm-hmm. and there. But uh, they threw they put the Romvair in third too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they did, and and you know, I think there was a, a feeling that you should be able to do it, but it's easier by third level to have the horse around that leg, and again, that you're honestly making Romvair rather than uh, leg yielding while you're pulling the horse's neck the wrong way. So um, there's just a greater likelihood that it will accomplish what it's supposed to. And, uh, you know, why, why would people bother to do the exercises if all they were trying to do is fake their way through it? If they can figure out how it does them some good, it's much more likely to be part of the training. Yeah, exactly. um, in the uh, canter half pass, the first time it's done in test two, that's on an easier line also. Uh, the longer line, D to R, and the flying change between uh, the letter where you hit the track and the corner. So you get to feel when your horse's connection and stride is the best in order to make it rather than having to do it right at the letter. That's a nice thing. I think Um, there's a a lot of time to be able to make steep half passes later on in your horse's career. I I, I like to be able to, you know, keep the horse going mm -hmm. forward, you know, and it's nicer to see, you know, correctly ridden over a longer distance. So, Mm -hmm. Like that, and um, now there are only two flying changes in test two. I, I never understood why in the yeah. old third level two you had to make four flying changes, and one of them, one set of them, had double coefficients. So there was well, there were sixty points, even though people were still just trying to figure out how to do them. Right. So right. anyway, right. that's not that's not as emphasized in third two as before. Well, yeah, I and mean, they used to say if your horse did good changes, you could win third level, third level. you know, no matter what exactly. the other movements were. 
you know, because he had so many, you know, in that second test. So it's good. Mm-hmm. And then one of the exercises that they retained, and it's it's only in third one. At times in the past, it's been done um, even during a canter, a medium canter, uh, and it's been done with one hand, and it's been done with both hands, depending on what the test calls for. And that's the the movement that I personally always refer to as Barbara's brother. Um, <laughs> that's because I can't pronounce Uberstreichen. And <laughs> that's pretty good. And um, you may you may not know, but um, Barbara Streisand, of course, had an older brother named Uber. So I just <laughs> call it Barbara's brother, at <laughs> Uber Streisand. And, uh, and then, yeah, stay with me. That's good. But anyway, people remember that. Um, and so that's um, in the test on a 20-meter circle over the center line. All the requirements are as before. The release has to be a true release. It's it's not that you just stick your hands up in the air and still let the horse hang on you so he stays round. And he has to show some self-carriage, and he has to keep his rhythm and his balance and his bend. And if you can do those things, you get a good score for it. Um, in third level three, the trot part is essentially the same as it was. It's identical to the way it was. And uh, the one significant difference is in the canter work, and it is as much for the judge's benefit as the rider's benefit. In the old third three, you made canter half pass from the corner, like F to X, and came straight towards the judge and made a flying change at I. And I can tell you personally, and other judges will say the same thing, if a horse was really straight, you couldn't tell if he was late behind, because the front legs masked the back end. Yeah. So you could yeah. make a dirty change and yes. get a higher score than if you made a clean change that was a little crooked and the judge said, oh, crooked, you know, five and a half, six. And and so now instead of that pattern, you make your half pass to the center line, you come forward to I, and then you make a 10-meter half circle and go back across the rest of that diagonal from S to F and make the flying change through the center line where it's just way more judgeable. And by that point in third level, you should be able to make one out in the open like that. So that that just seems like a good idea. <laughs> yes, because I was one of those. I've had a few horses we did that with, and uh, it worked. So I was I was <laughs> kind of bummed that they changed it, but it keeps you way more honest. Let's let's be real. Right, that's it's a sure. good it's a good change it, uh, for for the whole test. I think that's a good deal. So. Absolutely. They really, they really did. They, it used to be that you could ride third level test one without a flying change. And then they made it that almost third three was easier than third one. So I think Mm -hmm. they've made third level much more honest. You now, you have to ride a clean flying change. If you're going to ride the test, it's just the way it has to be. Uh, And I think that that's a good thing for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Gina Moronic from Wisconsin, and I am an official Horse Radio Network auditor. It's something I'm really proud to do and to be a part of in a small way because it's something that I get a lot of information from. The Horse Radio Network uh, and the convenience of the downloadable podcasts means that I can improve my horsemanship skills, my riding skills, um, or just really enjoy listening to friendly, informative programming whenever I'm driving to work or working on chores or at the barn even. So I hope you find it as enjoyable as I do. If you do, 
go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner to become a Horse Radio Network auditor. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be involved in this great thing too and keep it going. Thanks. Well, excellent. Well, are we ready? I think we're ready for fourth level. level. All right, fourth level gets uh, gets gets a little challenging. So, what's going on? And you know, over the years, it it has gone back and forth. There's always, oh, fourth level is is harder than pre St George. So just skip fourth three, just move right to pre St George. And then it's kind of gone the other way, where for for quite a long time, I think that fourth level one could just as easily have been called third level four because it really wasn't any harder than what you did in third level. And at this point, it's it's distinctly harder. And there's a better progression through fourth level, although I, I do agree that fourth three has a lot of fun things in it that will challenge people to figure out how to do them. And once they can, they'll be in pretty good shape. So let, let's, let's start with fourth one. Um, the trot work is the same as the old one. It has that uh, medium collect medium. It has half pass from the corner to the center line and a circle and a shoulder in on the center line. Um, the canter half pass has a flying change at a specific letter at the corner, and by fourth level, obviously, you ought to be able to do that. Very collected canter as in the past uh, on the 20-meter circle over the center line. But now in the new fourth one, they've taken the movement that had been recently introduced in the old fourth two, where you make sequential flying changes, but at the quarter line, the center line, and the other quarter line without having to count the stride. And I thought things had fallen a little bit to the to the opposite extreme in the last set of tests because you only had to make two individual single flying changes in fourth one, one to each side. And in fourth two, you did this thing that I just described, the three changes without counting. And in the old fourth three, you had one line of fours, three every four. Well, now the three every four has moved to test two. And in test three, as was in the old days, you have to do uh, a short line of fours and a short line of threes. And it just seemed to me that that's a, that's the sort of movement that riders need to practice, and they need to practice it in the show ring. And hardly getting to do any tempies in fourth level and then being delivered to pre-St. George as an adult amateur, and all of a sudden you've got five fours and five threes, was a pretty big jump from one degree of difficulty to the next. So I, I kind of like that progression. Yeah, um, yeah that agreed. makes sense. Absolutely. It makes way more sense than the other way it was. Yeah, and then uh, the, the how pirouettes have been introduced has varied a lot over the years. Um, I remember, let's see, it was it was in the mid '90s when quarter pirouettes were introduced, and they were done in fairly difficult patterns. And unless you were probably more advanced and learning to do the movements and the tests, they weren't always very successful. Um, and then um, we went through the phase of the working pirouettes, which at first were five-meter half pirouettes, five meters the back end, and now more recently three meters. Well, now the first time the working pirouette is introduced in the new tests, 
it's not a 180, but it's it's done as it were on a triangle. So you suppose you're on the left lead passing the judge and you get around to H and you head out on the diagonal and when you get near the center line to the apex of a triangle, you make what amounts to between a quarter and a third of a pirouette and go back to the other corner at, at the at the same end that you came from. So it would be like H out to the middle, a third of a pirouette, and end up back at M on the same lead. Um, and so that's a, a little bit easier. It makes it more likely that the rider is able to control the movement and not be so anxious to, to get around a 180 that they end up doing some sort of spin. And also that you don't have to do the flying change immediately. It, it happens sometimes unrelated later on. So you can kind of deal with one problem at a time. Um, then in test three, um, the working pirouette is done the, the same way that it is currently. That is coming out on a diagonal, um, making some very collected canter, making a 180, three meters in diameter behind, and then going back to the track for the flying change. So yeah, I mean, it progresses nicely, you know, towards the... Uh towards the movements in, in the pre-St. George, right? I mean, it's all almost yeah. there, but it's more of a training pre-St. George than a real, like, okay, you know, this has to be like this, like this, like this. So, again, it helps people to develop towards, you know, where the FEI level, right? And, and uh, But it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not as uh, particular as the FEI level. And, and it shows right, how, exactly. how, how are you going to help the horse to do this? Or are you just going to mm-hmm. try and muscle them around a, a, a 180 spin, like you said? You know, yeah. and, and with the and changes too. There, yeah. there are two more things that I think are interesting uh, in fourth level, in the fourth level three. And these are, they're, they're real acceptance submission oriented things that you don't necessarily have the big, have to have the biggest mover to be able to do it. But if you have a horse that's balanced and well trained, you'll get a lot of points. And uh, one of them is the, uh, the shuckle, or what we call the swing, that's um, you make a halt, you step back four steps, and then swing immediately forward without holding four steps, and again without holding, step directly back four steps, and then proceed directly into trot. And that's a real, real big test of longitudinal suppleness and acceptance. Um, and, you know, it's something that... I think a lot of people, even though it hasn't been in the test lately, uh, do some of that. It, some other people don't try things if they aren't in tests. So this gives them a little poke in the rib to figure out how much more through and connected their horses need to be. And interestingly, I, I saw an article by Christoph Hess um, saying he, he really wished they would put that back in the, in the FEI Grand Prix. Um, that's probably not going to happen, but still, for the same reasons, because um, the, the, the dressage has to be not just power, but it has to be the, the harmony, acceptance, and finesse part as well, and this brings out that quality. And yeah. the other movement... Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask, Bill, the shackle's never been in, in, a, in a USDF test before, has it? It's always been... It, it, it never has, right. That's right. This is the first time you'll see it. Uh, it used to be in the old Grand Prix a, a while ago. Yeah, I, I right? think it was 446. And then it was also, I believe, in one of the I-1 years ago, 
right. and it was four four four. But we haven't we haven't done that before, and I was surprised to see it, and I was kind of pleased to see it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We yeah, should do this you're interview. Gonna get, you're going to a large variety of how yes. that's going to be. Uh, yeah. That's going to be written and, and seen in, in the and show. Then the, so. And then the other movement, the the last one of significance, uh, was in the pre St. George for a very long time. Um, when they wrote the pre St. George for 1983, they liked it enough that that test stayed the same until the year 2000. It was the same, exactly the same test for 17 years. And it had this movement in it, a, a set of movements, which now are in our new fourth level three. And essentially, uh, imagine a, a canter depart on the short end, and you come down the long side on the true lead, get to R, make a 10-meter half circle, and then, like an S-turn, a 10-meter half circle over to the opposite side, but retaining the original lead. So it's 10-meter half circle true lead, 10-meter half circle counter canter, and you proceed down the side of the ring to the middle of the long side, make a flying change, and then in the other half of the ring do the same thing. When you get down to V, 10-meter half circle, 10-meter half circle and counter canter over to P, and then down to F and flying change. And I think it's a pretty hard one. That, it's, that will separate some people out because obviously sophisticated riders know about counter-canter and less sophisticated ones kind of think if it's cantering on the other lead, it must be what they want. And so this is all about um, keeping the horse off the outside shoulder and keeping him engaged and longitudinal balance and lots of things that uh, will, will be good for people to have to concentrate on. Yeah, no, I think and it's a really good. I mean, sure, a four three. Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be, it, it's, it'll be it's, another it's, interesting one to yeah. see written, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you'll separate, you know, the the um, really sophisticated trained horses and the and the ones that that no, you know, nobody's, you know, once you're done second level, you stop doing, you know, or third level, you stop doing mm-hmm. counter canter anymore. Well, that that doesn't yeah. help the horse, right? I mean, you want to continue to yeah. develop well, counter canter. Remember, there was an I one for a while where you had to make up. A five loop serpentine, and you went. So each loop was 12 meters, and the first one was true, and then a flying change to true. And when you got to the third loop, you had to do counter canter, and then that brought you back around under the true loop, and then between the fourth and fifth, you made a flying change. And that was another one of those ideas that said, look, they've got to do what you want when you want. You, you, they, they, you can't just teach them tricks, you have to teach them acceptance. And um, I think this fits into that same category, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, no. it's a hard movement because it's it's not a trick. It's a it's a trained, you know. Yeah, it's real. Is your horse rideable? Is your horse trainable? Real is good. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So anyway, that's my report. That's all I know. Well, Bill, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. So, Bill, how can our our listeners find you online if they have any more questions? Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm easy to find. I, I have a website. Um, it's woodsdressage.com. I blog on it. Um, in, in fact, I think blog 230 is similar to what I was just recounting to you. But uh, I put something up every week, and I try to have things that would be interesting, I hope. Um, and also on the site, there's uh, there are links to stuff about the book I wrote. So... Um, which is kind of a ca- casual dressage book. And so, what is anyway, your website? 
A casual yes, his, his book is fantastic. What is the name of your book, Bill? It's fantastic. Oh, it's, it's Dressage Unscrambled. It has an egg on the cover. Oh, <laughs> and it's very worth reading. And where you can find the book on your website, but is it also on Amazon? Um, well, it's, it's the, the link to how to order it is on, on the website. It's easier to get it directly from uh, horse and rider books because it's cheaper from them. But um, okay. yeah, I, I think it's on Amazon too. Great. And what was your website one more time? Okay. Uh, 3wswoodsdressage.com. Fantastic. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your time tonight. This was fantastic. And we look forward to having you on the show again. Oh, thanks very much. I, I enjoyed it. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the Total Saddle Fit. Uh, it was really a tip of the day. Uh, and it was uh, the whole show from Bill Woods, uh, judge from Ocala, Florida. Bill's a great, great judge. And I hope you enjoyed that because Philip and I have been looking forward to this discussion for a long time. So, um, but I hope that helps everybody. And as always, if you have emails or Facebook shout outs or have any specific questions that we can help answer about the new tests, uh, as always, feel free to get in touch with us. Well, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is horse. Reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.